kind of enthrall to it. And it's easier to feel like you're writing well when you're knocking something down. You can be funnier. You can be scathing. I mean, the, the resources of invective um, in writing are quite marvelous. I mean, I try to only do that when I feel like it's really deserved. And I think that that negative, scathing, witty, uh, negative reviews can be a bit of a vice. I think that editors often really like them because they kind of get attention and they're funny. Um, writers can kind of get a little too hooked on the rush and the thrill um, and the sadistic pleasure. I think it's a lot harder and a lot more valuable to write just as well, just as clearly, um, and even to be funny uh, or witty in praise of something. And I would say just with movies, there are some movies that I find really um, obnoxious and demanding of a kind of uh, very harsh sort of punitive treatment. Um, well, I mean, you, you must see a lot of Hollywood crap. And you're, I mean, I'm sure you see all kinds of wonderful movies too, but... Uh, yes. And not only Hollywood crap. I mean, I see, you know... There, let's, indie let's indie crap, too. Yeah. There's indie crap, there's yeah. foreign language crap, there's, yeah. you know... <laughs> but, I mean, it does raise the question of, you know, I mean, what what are you supposed to do with a new Transformers movie? I mean, do you even have to review it? Um, well, you do, because it's a newspaper, and, and in a way, the release of a Transformers movie is kind of a news event. So, <laughs> just in a journalistic sense, you have to cover it um, as you might cover a natural disaster. But I think that even bad movies, um, sometimes especially bad movies, can be interesting to write about. They can be interesting to write about for the ways that they fail or for uh, even the ways that they seem to succeed. You know, it, what seems to me a terrible movie can often um, be a very popular movie. Those Transformers movies make tons and tons of money. Um, and in a way, you can write about that. Well, what is going on here? Why is it that these bizarre, you know, pumped-up spectacles about robots from outer space, what is the nature of their appeal? What are they doing? And that's something that criticism can do also, not just offering a kind of thumbs-up, thumbs-down response, but also kind of going a little deeper and say, well, what does this mean? I mean, if a movie costs $200 million and then, you know, goes on to make a billion dollars around the world, um, that's something that, you know, that you might need to think about and reflect on, and that might mean something. Yeah. You have a, a really interesting chapter on the relationship between the critic and the artist. And interesting because there are a lot of people who say that the criticism gets in the way of artistic experience. You know, it sort of saps the vitality out of it. And you you say just the opposite, that, that the criticism not only enhances art, criticism itself is a form of art. Yes. Which might seem a little self-serving, I might add. <laughs> it is a little self-serving. And I am inspired in this by a, a wonderful um, essay by Oscar Wilde called The Critic as Artist, um, in which he makes, in, in typical Oscar Wilde fashion, all kinds of extravagant and contradictory claims about the primacy of criticism as even superior and to art. But what I end up saying is that criticism is, first of all, the proper name for the defense of art. It doesn't exist to undermine um, or to cannibalize or in a parasitic relationship with art, but to support and feed um, and, and nurture it. And that, to me, is partly because the impulse, the creative impulse and the critical impulse really exist side by side in us as a species. The same drive that leads us to tell stories, to paint pictures, to make representations of our conditions um, in the world, that same impulse 
or one that, that is its twin, uh, is the drive to make sense of these things, to figure them out. So criticism is always there, whether it's practiced formally and professionally by people like me, it's always there. It's always part of the life of art. And, and one of your points is that artists themselves are basically function as critics a lot of the time. I mean, they are creating art that is in response to previous art. Exactly, exactly. That criticism is not only alongside art, but is internal to it. So artists look at other work um, in their own chosen form or in others. Um, they're inspired by it. They're enraged by it. And they want to compete with it. They want to correct it. Sometimes they just want to imitate it. So I think that that to me is also a form and a very powerful and important form of criticism that lives inside of the workings of artistic creation. And um and that's why, to me, uh, you know, criticism is central to whatever is going on when we're talking about and whether we're making or appreciating and consuming um, works of art. Criticism is always there, even if critics aren't. And, and yet the trap I would think that you could fall into or that the artist could fall into is if, the, if they're basically always comparing themselves to previous artists.